Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. By the way, oh, we're still guessing. There's one. Yeah, we, we, two we, each get, two. we do this for another hour. This is the whole interview. Until we can speed this up a little. (laughs) Okay. April 9th. No. October 17th. No. Okay. Now you tell us. What is it? Rick, you were insanely close. What? Insanely close. June 10th is the birthday. (gasps) Oh! Rick! It's episode 227 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Corey Mascara. I'm very excited about this. This is going to be an Enjoy Life episode. He is interested in what makes life deeply fulfilling. He's lived as a monk. He studied with some of the world's leading researchers on happiness and continues to be insatiably curious about how to help people live well. Corey is on the show. Good. I emailed him this morning. It'll be a fun deal. I have to watch you, Rick. Why do you have to watch me? Because last time we recorded, you flipped off the camera randomly, and I had to go in and bleep that out. I've got five fingers, okay? What's, What's wrong with this? You know what? It's a social What's construct. Let's talk What's about let's talk about cussing. Cussing. Oh man, you're gonna open up a can of worms. No, we're not going to cuss. Here's my you're, stance on not. here's her stance on cussing. If you sound like a you sound like an old country man when you say Here's a stance on cussing. cussing. Alright, this is like when Haman was like, Y'all gonna be cussing. Uh, my daughter. Um the okay, murder. The act of murder isn't <laughs> This took a turn. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> enjoy life later. The act of murder is inherently evil, right? It's not, there's no, uh, now murder, not like killing, you know, if you have to kill someone in a war or something or self-defense, right? Okay. Cold-blooded murder okay. is not interpreted, interpreted, <laughs> interpreted. Hmm. Let's go back to before the show. The Webster's people on the phone yeah. here. We've got a new word for Right. You. you get my point. There are certain things yes. that are inherently evil. I like my shirt, by the way. Simply human. Yeah. You like my shirt? I love how I dressed up with a shirt with a hole in it for our, <laughs> like, uh, our video thing. Okay. The word, like the S word, S-H-I-T, is not inherently evil. The interpretation of that word, right? So if you are speaking to someone who does not is not offended by that word, then it's not a bad thing, 
That's my stance. Yeah, I, but if you are around children, kids are running behind. You I know anyway. people who are who are offended by that. Case in point, they'd be offended by it. I think that that's when. Uh, have you know that story? Cool. When I was telling her about the the tournament of champions thing, and I and she I, she's asked this one right here. She's asking me like, "What do y'all do?" And I'm explaining. We go shoot sporting clays, and we play ping pong, and we compete. Da, 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 da. And she was like, "She's like, y'all gonna be drinking beer." <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, guys will have, have beer and we'll have little coolers out when we're doing our games and stuff, but we'd stay at the house. There's no, nobody's driving. We're very safe and responsible about it. She was like, hmm, y'all going to be cussing? <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know what? I don't need this interrogation. <laughs> I love how our ep- our second episode of like actual video has turned into me making face. Yeah. <laughs> When FaceTime was first a thing, I remember I FaceTimed my brother Jeff, Simply Human's own Jeff, and all we did the whole time was just like. I did a Zoom meeting the other day, and the person, uh, one of the people on the tiles didn't really get that, like, hey, just be still, and, like, she was talking, and she was like this, (laughs) and, like, I could not, I was hysterically laughing. I was like, she doesn't know that we can see this? Yeah. So okay. my stance on swearing is, okay. is kind yes. of the same. Uh, like I wouldn't swear around my grandparents, right? Obviously, because they're old. Well, the, they're dead. Okay, you know, thanks a lot, Mark. <laughs> Trying not to think about it today. Way to go, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't swear around my grandparents. Obviously, um, I will swear around my parents. Uh, really? And the, and, I swear yeah, around and, my parents now. <laughs> and, and the reasoning behind it is. And I don't want to, like, offend anybody. I'm not going to use any words. But, like, it's just a word. And if you're, like, really, really deeply offended by a word that has, like, a billion synonyms that we can all use, like, instead of S-H-I-T, if I said poop, you wouldn't be offended. Or, like, dadgummit. It's it's literally just the sequence of those four letters put together. Like, I don't have time for that. Right, right, Like, I have a very wide-ranging vocabulary. I need to have all of the words at my disposal to get my point across. Right. And sometimes that means using a, Who using would, a well-placed like, F-bomb. What human doesn't smash their thumb with a hammer and says <laughs> SOB or, like, or okay. something? When I, I told you when I smashed my thumb in the car. <laughs> yes. Right? It's like starting to grow back. But like uh, that's the one time where it would have been totally appropriate for me to just yell out in the neighborhood, ah! <laughs> but it hurt so bad, it like sucked all of the wind straight out of me, and so I couldn't, couldn't even talk. Noise. I was like, <laughs> "Sob" is kind of my go-to, like if I hurt myself, like son of a, you know. And then I'll, oh, I'll go straight in to the f bomb. The, 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 the like, here's a question directly to the mf. Jen's mom around the children will go. Let's say she's holding something, she drops it. She'll go ocean. Ocean. Like she'll say ocean, but didn't you think that I was about to cuss? Didn't you think I was about to say OS? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't it's like when she does that, but it, then it's like, who cares? Ocean. It's just a word, man. It's yeah. just a word. And like in a in an important meeting, if I was sitting at a conference, well, no, that's wrong because I've used, I've used, I, I work in a weird industry. I don't work in a library, and so like it's uh, it's not uncommon to be walking down the hall by my office and hear me or ask me something, and oh yeah, f f f f f. Like it's a, I mean it's the, the police business is a little bit different. So, Tú no trabajas un biblioteca? 
I'm sorry. You sounded like a white guy trying to speak Spanish. Uh, yeah. I didn't understand. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> That's yeah. what I am. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> you did it. Um, okay, so when I emailed Corey this morning, my phone auto-corrected it to Cody, and I sent it. Okay. And so he wrote back like, yeah, we're good. By the way, my name's Corey. And we've actually had, we had Corey scheduled in March and then uh, COVID happened. And so I had wrote him back and I was like, dude, I knew your name was Corey. I, I hate when people spell my name with a D. And I was like, Rogers, no, disres- no, no disrespect. I have my Rogers No D shirt somewhere. <laughs> um, okay. I have a question for you. We have four minutes before okay. Corey Mascara joins. Okay. Uh, two questions. Turn more lights on in here, by the way. Uh, I think it's okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay. We're we're got we got our dim stuff on. It's late. Okay. It's eight thirty. Everyone knows when we record. Um, no, they don't. Um, two questions very quickly. First, what is your favorite? This is a question that we I've asked like several different groups, and this has been okay. an interesting topic. What is your favorite room in your house right now, and why? Favorite room in my house. One second. I need to turn my camera off. Uh oh. Halen needs to run by. Go on. It's off. <laughs> and we're back. Yes, he is laughing at you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite room uh, in the house, and we'll ask Corey I mean, these I, questions too. I don't. I don't think I've ever like ranked the rooms, <laughs> the rooms in my house. I mean, I spend a lot of time in my living room, where you're sitting now. Yeah, it's my where I'm bed, now. my guest bed. Um. Yeah, you slept on the bed on the couch. Uh, I, you know, it's been a lot of time in here. I mean, I I don't have like a ranking of like rooms one through. How many rooms do I have? I'm oh, bragging on to uh, three. Cue the <laughs> cue the Vivaldi. <laughs> you know, what room is your? Si- you're like the room where my silver is. I think uh, <laughs> is where I spend the most time yelling at my butler. I might be my kitchen okay. because I enjoy cooking. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, like that's I, a good answer. I guess I've never thought about it. It's a good answer. And just depending on what phase of life you're in, it's interesting what room is your favorite, right? When you're a kid, your favorite room is your, your room, Bedroom. right? Yeah. Yeah. And it I just changes. I used to do this thing when I was like nine or ten years old, and I would pretend that my room was like an apartment, <laughs> and I would put, lame, <laughs> nerd alert, and I would put like to be like a little sign on the front on the door and you come home you get your keys out like i would take my trash can and i would put it out in the hallway (laughs) like you're like i saw in all the tv shows seinfeld Uh, yeah 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 so i was a pretty big pretty big nerd would you uh bust into your room like kramer Kramer. but someone did uh get out of the shower at work the other day like that they slipped (laughs) and they went right through the curtain like right across the hall. I was like, oh, easy there, Cosmo. It's still oh, flopping good. all over the place. The second question is this. What practice that you or society has picked up during this pandemic that you hope stays? You know what I mean? Like like taking your shoes off at the airport is a is like mm-hmm. a was a pre nine eleven thing. See, for me it's different because my life is not tremendously different because I still have to go to the office. True. Really, the only thing that's different. Well, um, really, the only thing that's different is like I don't like when I take the boys out to eat. Like we don't go to a restaurant. Like we get it and bring it back. Um, but for me, I have started running again. Uh, and sh- and the only point, the only reason, and it wasn't like man, I'm getting real good shape. 
literally the only reason this is, is you're bored. Like, Man, I got a lot of time on my hands yeah. here. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I might as well go get, you know, I'm not running for time. I'm not trying to like, you know, used to be, I would, you know, try to get it to a certain time. Right. for Just running for, for just to be outside and moving and getting sweating. Getting some vitamin D and, you know, outside and, and enjoying it. I, I'd like to continue that. But I do see a whole lot of people uh, more so than, than before, like families taking a walk. Right. So I think probably, uh, I, I hope people hang on to like the family time, right. the extra family yeah. time. Now I know like if you're indoor, you know, if the typical family you're, you know, if you're not at, you know, you're not going to the office, the kids aren't going to school, you're crammed in the house and you're probably already like strangle the crap out of each other. But like, uh, I would like to see people maintain maybe that, that kind of familial, like, Hey, let's do stuff together. Yes. Together. That, yeah. That's a good answer. I think that may be my answer. Thank too. you, Mark. Uh, I've spent, Thank you know, I've, I, there's another, uh, I'm trying, like, you know, you think about, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, they grow up so fast. You know, you hear that and it makes you yeah. sick, you know, and all that. But it's like, okay, what can I do to, like, combat that? You know, it's like, so when my when my son is like, Dad, will you come jump with me on the trampoline? Like, I'm yeah. trying to do my Rick Rick's son impression when you, <laughs> anytime you impersonate either <laughs> of your boys, that it's like a very <laughs> distinct. Yeah. He turns 12 hey, on Wednesday. By dang. May sixth, yes, five six, and then three four. That's the only way I can keep their birthdays straight. My oldest one was born on five six. My youngest one's born on three four. If it wasn't for that, there's no possible way I'd be able to remember. <laughs> and then I'm you're a leap year. It's very easy. Um, oh yeah, that is true. But it's like I'm trying to for him to be batting a thousand. Like whenever he asks me, "Will you come jump with me?" I'm trying. Even if I'm like doing something, I'm gonna say, "Hey, let me finish this, and I'll be right there." Yeah. You know, like I'm trying. I want his memory to be. Dad never told me no. Corey, I like this. I like this setup where this they just great. where they just pop in. The way in. we do this now is really awesome. So we've been doing the intro, and this is Corey. I told him that autocorrect made me look like an idiot. <laughs> no, no, he, he, was, he swore to me that your name was Cody. <laughs> and I'm blaming saying Cody, Cody, Cody. And Cody, I no, and I'm blaming <laughs> something else. I'm I'm not taking the blame, which is not a good thing. So we hold on. I want to ask Corey this. Yeah. What what is What's something that? we were just talking about? What is something that either you or society has picked up like a behavior in this pandemic that you hope continues. And we were talking about, we see families outside taking walks and people seem Rick's answer was like the, the familial like connectedness. We hope that kind of sticks around. Uh, what, yeah. what, what, how would you answer that question? Just jumping uh, right in here. Yeah. Two things. Uh, one, one thing that I'm seeing relates to sleep and, hmm. um, I don't know how to interpret it yet and because it's people are responding differently. Some people are they're they're sleeping longer than usual, deeper than usual, some people are sleeping less, but in general I'm hearing a lot of my students and friends saying like I'm I'm sleeping more than usual and feeling guilt around it. Ooh. And my 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 encouragement has for people is to just follow the the rhythm of your body right now. Regardless of what other theories we could have around it. Sure, it could be you're not getting as much movement as usual and the body's just like all kind of messed up. But it could also be that there's just like a collective restoration that's going on from years, if not decades, yeah. 
of grinding ourselves. Have you heard, uh, Ricky, I don't know if you heard this on the ticket this morning. We listened to the same radio station in Dallas. I'm in West Texas. Rick is in the Dallas area. Where are you calling in from, by the way? I'm from uh, Palo Alto right now, but I'm from Long Island, New York. Okay. okay. Forget about it. Hey. Yeah, hey. There you go. <laughs> That's what we automatically go to. That's like our shrimp, day, on, shrimp on the Barbie yeah, reference. Shrimp yeah. on the Barbie. <laughs> and if you're not from New York City or Australia, we got nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are our, our go-tos. Um, now I forgot what I was going to say. What was I saying? Uh, like he was talking about how like uh, sleep, like the, the, the radio kind of. So uh, there was a segment they did this morning about how people are having these crazy COVID dreams. Hmm. And what they're saying is that it's not necessarily like you're having a dream because of like the virus, but it's like people are, are anxious. Yeah. Right. So there's this like kind of stress in our, in our prefrontal cortex or whatever. And then people are sleeping longer. And so you get into that full like REM, like dream state, like the longer you sleep. And so as people are like not having to wake up to get to, you know, they can just hop up at, you know, 10 minutes before their meeting starts instead of two hours if they're commuting. And so they're having these really vivid <laughs> dreams, which I think is really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, the sleep thing is, it's, it is really nice too to like, I don't know, there's something about at night to just be able to go, oh man, I don't have to wake up at Six yes. o'clock. I, yeah, can just I haven't kinda, set an alarm. In yeah. And I have gotten, no, I have kids. So yeah. my kids are my alarm clock. So I haven't yeah. set an alarm <laughs> bragging montage in several years, but it's because like they'll come in and like, dad, dad it's, I, I need to go be a choir early today. And I'm just like, bah! and then I wake <laughs> up. Right. So, but yeah, not, and that's one thing I tell people when I'm talking to them about sleep is like how many people uh, wake up to an alarm. And I mean, without, I mean, it's always a hundred percent. There's never a time where there's someone who's just like doesn't raise their hand. It's like you should not sleep, you should not wake up to an alarm. And everyone's just yeah. like, there's no way. There is yeah. a way. You just gotta go to bed earlier. Yeah, yeah. But see, for me, like I already, I'm like super go to bed early, man. Like I'm. In you are. Bed. <laughs> I'm in bed. This is nerd alert. I'm in bed typically by like 9:20 p.m. every night. Uh, mm -hmm. What are you looking at me weird for, Mark? Sorry, I'm <laughs> changing a weird your look name. on your face, huh? Sorry, I'm, I'm in bed. I'm changing. Like, I changed your name on your. <laughs> I changed my name. Super, to go, super to go to bed early, man. I'm usually in bed by like nine twenty. I would say most of the time I'm probably asleep by like nine forty-five, ten at the latest. After you after like, you read one page of County Monte Cristo and fall asleep. I have this elaborate. Uh, it's not really that elaborate, but like a, a sleep routine that I've been maintaining. I used to work nights for a really, really, really long time. And so I developed kind of this, you know, this sleep hygiene routine to help me get to bed. And I still maintain it now. And like right now I'm reading uh, the rise and fall of the third Reich. It's going to take me like three years to read this book because I read like three pages of it. Is it I showing know. you a percentage and you're still on like 17% and you've been like reading it for two <laughs> yes. years? Like, oh, God. But like, uh, so I'm asleep by 10 p.m. and my alarm is set at six. If my alarm didn't go off, I would sleep easily until 730. By, by, I just naturally am one of those people. I just need a lot of sleep, I guess. I don't know. Well, I met a, I dated a girl in college who, uh, if she didn't have an alarm, she would just sleep indefinitely and, and not, that's <laughs> wake not like up at me. like dinner time. <laughs> yeah. No, like, like literally she had this disorder that oh, she could just oh, sleep for oh, days. Go, Sorry. Yeah. Good job. Mark. <laughs> and, I mean, she managed it well, but like there are times where like, if her alarm didn't go, she could she would just literally sleep for a day or two. 
I'd never heard of anything like that. Jeez. This sounds a little different, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So we've already kind of recorded an intro. We talked about you a little bit, but we want to hear kind of your story, just kind of Cliff Notes version. Where you know Long Island. Now you're way over on the other side. Like, uh, tell us your story and uh, kind of how you got to where you are. Yeah, sure. Um, started uh, started getting into mindfulness and meditation in college. Um, At what college do you mind? Do you mind us asking? I went to Allegheny College, okay. small liberal arts school, Western PA. Cool. Um, uh, I think a lot of people, when they think about meditation teachers, they usually think you know very spiritual or got into it because they were trying to reduce stress. Uh, I was trying to impress a girl. I had a hippie girlfriend. <laughs> she was in a meditation. I wanted her to think I was cool. Um, like, oh, you so, oh you come to this? Oh man, I've been coming yeah. to this oh, for yeah. years. And they come up to you like, oh, who are you? Yeah, I had a couple bouts of that with yeah. yoga and <laughs> all the different clubs. Um, so it started out for superficial reasons. And then um, and then interesting things started to happen. Not trippy things, but the first thing was related to sleep. I used to have awful sleep. I'd wake up close to 30 times a night. Jeez. It was just very light, restless sleep. Took sleep meds, didn't like them. They made me groggy. Started doing a meditation, which w- I was doing 10 minutes a day, three times a week. And um, went from waking up 30 times a night to only a couple times a night. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, and it has been like that ever since. So that was the first big thing. Um, I noticed my focus improved radically. And there was just this, this new subtle sense of feeling happier without my external world changing, which was compelling to me. Um, I was an economics major though. Nobody in that economics department was talking about meditation. Right. So um, I was a closet meditator for a good six to eight months. And then we took this trip to the New York stock exchange where we met with this multi-billionaire hedge fund manager and everyone said like, this is a guy you want to meet. This is where you want to get. This is who you want to learn from. Gave a talk. By the end of it, I felt like my soul was sucked out of my body. And, uh-huh. uh, and I just remember this like visceral repulsion to this man. He was like, and- these are the stocks. These are the most tremendous <laughs> stocks. Call, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Exactly. You met the wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but with, without any passion. Guy was hey, uh... <laughs> that would have probably excited me more. That, <laughs> um, that was offensive. Yeah, yeah. So there was, there was, um, it just like, it just sucked the life out of me. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want to end up like this guy. And it wasn't a jab against the finance world. It was more just like, he literally had no life in him. And, and so I just got really curious. Like, if that's not what I want, then what is it that I want? Um, and everything kept being reduced to wanting to be happy, which is very trite. But um, uh, is it shit. though? Trite in the sense that you're going to see it all over Facebook. Like life is all about happiness. Right, blah, right, blah, right. Blah. Yeah. Um, but I think most people at some point in their lives do come to the re- that like trite but profound recognition that like everything I'm doing really is in service of greater fulfillment. Right. E- even the times where I'm sacrificing pain maybe for my children it's it's because that is going to lead to some greater well-being sense of meaning sense of purpose define happiness um, um i i see okay i know i just so there's, threw that, there's that was, different yeah. definitions yeah. like there's the well like, as somebody that's done everything that you have like your definition of happiness is going to be like a you know like your perspective is is important here yeah yeah these days i see it as um the mind resting more in the mind's inherent nature which is like a definition that needs a definition right um but 
you know, if, we, if you think of most of our normal way of relating to life, the, the, what we could call the ego structure, the sense of self that's trying to manufacture a life that makes sense, that feels good, it gets us caught in this in, um, constant push-pull push relationship to things. Like, don't want this, want more of this. Don't want this, want more of this. And uh, some of that is essential to get through life and kind of craft the life. Um, but it is exhausting to be caught in that that constant push pull. This is what we do when we go to the gym, but you don't go to the gym twenty four hours a day. Right. I there, mean, Rick does, but yeah, I mean, not everybody does. Yeah, <laughs> when he's not sleeping. <laughs> um, yeah. So this there there's a different kind of peace that comes from like stepping out of that constant pushing and pulling. And when a lot of us think of the mind, we think of thoughts, we think of like emotions, we think of problem solving but you know in the zen tradition they might call that the small mind that's just you know mental activity there's another quality of mind that's called the big mind that um that isn't caught in those thoughts it's not caught in the emotions the the uh, awareness of your fear is not in fear the awareness of your anger is not angry and so when you learn to rest more in that place you could call it consciousness awareness metacognition um, it's inherently peaceful. And is that grounded. is that present? Is that the same thing as the present? Would yeah, you... we we could call that we um, we could call that presence. Resting in that place yeah. is resting in presence. Gosh, there's uh yeah, like from your uh, all these talking points that you have, like I. There's so many. I, we could just talk. We could do the whole time on sleep. We could do the whole time on just what we're talking about here. But let's. Um, Let's get into some like practical stuff. Um, yeah. I love the the take five, and I love yeah. now that like, this is you are on. Congratulations, the second ever video. This is our two hundred and twenty seventh episode, over seven years, almost seven years. This is the second recording where we can see our video hands. recording. Yeah. <laughs> um, now you can like show us. T sh take us through the take five. Yeah. Sure. Cool. All right. So take five is this. Um, it's this very simple mindfulness exercise that I teach to kids all the way up to CEOs. Uh, and so anyone listening, whether you're watching or just tuning in via audio, we'll do this together. So you can take out your left hand like this, like you're holding a pizza pie. Hold it out in front a of pizza you. Pizza pie, hey! <laughs> Got to bring the New York Sorry. in. Take your right pointer finger, place it in the palm of your hand right around your wrist. So we're going to do is slide the pointer finger up the thumb, taking an inhale through the nose. So sliding up, inhale. Exhale, slide back down. Up the point of finger, inhale. Back down, exhale. Up the middle finger, inhale. Back down. Ring. Back down. And pinky. Back down. Cool. So let's take five. It doesn't take more than about 25 seconds. The, the tactile nature of it uh, aligned with the breath or synced up with the breath just seems to be very settling for the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps people relax. What about um, the, uh, the idea of like this cross connection? Like I've seen other, other stuff and people, when I coach people, sometimes I'll have them, you know, do this and that cross connection of the two sides of the body has does something. You're doing that because you're touching you're cross-connecting. Is there something to that? Yeah, that, that's above my pay grade, <laughs> uh, you know, or, or just outside of what I could speak intelligently to. Uh, having done this over the years, there are people 
with Chinese medicine backgrounds that will often say like you're doing something with the meridians. Um, and, and this tends to be like from more of like a, an NLP um, uh, perspective, um, like behavioral conditioning, just right. like very anchoring and settling. And maybe it is because there's some cross wiring going on with the brain. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I just remember Dr. Claw from uh, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> would always, that's all you could see. You couldn't see his head, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. You just turn yeah. around and then there he is. Oh, man, that's good. Here's my contribution to the show today. You know, <laughs> this is something like for, for those listening that have kids, uh, I mean, truly teach this to them. I have a YouTube video. Just search like Take 5 Corey Mascara. Yes. I teach this to schools. Within a week, the whole school is doing Take 5. It's simple and seemingly... Like, like, how is petting my pinky going to save my life? It's not going to have this radical shift, but it will often like reduce our stress by five to 10 percentage points. And that over time accumulates um, because burnout's happening in the margins. Right. It's not like you're having one significant negative event and then just like you can't do life anymore. Well, it, We're stretching ourselves. Sp and speaking of the weight room, right? It's like if you do, if you just do five push-ups every day, that's a very small amount. But that like doing five push ups a day is better than doing like, you know, five hundred push ups on New Year's Eve. Right? Like you're like the, there's that there's that accumulation of of stuff that's good, right, for your brain. Um there's another practice that, that I wanted to talk about, this uh the water jug focus. And when I read right. about this, my first thought was, okay, when my kids are ten, nine, and six, I'm gonna start doing this. It doesn't mention kids in the little in the talking points, or whatever. But I wanted I wanted to ask your opinion on okay, the kids are freaking out. Go fill up a glass of water and hand it to them and say, walk around the kitchen for five minutes or whatever. Like, would that is that gonna help them? It's a great idea. I've actually never heard anyone <laughs> take that and, and do that. Um, it, it's it's cool. so. Let me. I'll just preface this by saying some like my my one fear with some of these mindfulness exercises that is that they often they can get used as like behavioral right um, training techniques. right right like right, right. the bells and it's like very pleasant right. and it's like okay shut up kids <laughs> uh, and you're just like banging it in their ears so right. with with the um. With the water jug, though, what I love about that, if it's used in an inviting kind of playful way, uh, it really occupies all your attention. And, and so I'll, I'll share for people. Just so Rick has no idea what we're talking about. I've read yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Rick has no idea. So, yeah. So this the water jug exercise, when I was in Burma, um, and for those, I, I didn't mention this, but uh, so I, I, after the whole uh, New York Stock Exchange experience and getting into meditation, I went over to Southeast Asia after I graduated college. You chased the girl to Burma, she, and then she, she left, and you were away. stuck there. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, six-month silent retreat, very intensive Dang. meditation practice, um, 14 hours a day, where all you have to do is practice. And you know, six you're months? Only like four hours a day. Dang. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there goes Jen. Yeah. <laughs> that was my way. She's not used to the whole recording part of it yet, I guess. Yeah. Hey, Jen. <laughs> um, and, and so part of that is like you're really working on developing high degrees of concentration and awareness each day. It's a huge part of the practice. But there are a lot of times throughout the day where your mind just zones out um, whether you want it to or not. And so I needed to develop, uh, at least in that context, I was trying to develop certain techniques that would help me sustain my focus even in those, mo in those moments where I was very tired or fatigued. So 
one of the things I created was this water jug exercise, which is, isn't that profound, but I'd fill a, um, a cup of water all the way to the, the tippy top, right to the brim. Where it, can, where it kind of raises up above. I remember that in yeah. science. There's like some sort of, I don't know what it is. Meniscus. It's called a meniscus. No, that's your knee thing. No, uh, it is called no, a meniscus. It's the knee thing. I had, a, I had surgery on it. I think I would know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know it's a meniscus. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's where it comes up over. Cool. Yeah. So the meniscus, yeah, right over the top. So the, this, the slightest bit of movement is going to cause that water to, to fall over. Now, what's awesome about this exercise and what you do, you, you pick it up and you just practice walking back and forth in a line. It requires you to be highly focused, but yeah, also yeah. highly relaxed. Right. Hey. <laughs> hey, Jen. My hey, kids. Jen. Yeah, and my daughter. Um, I'm doing this on you, the water focused, jug. highly focused, Mark. Yeah. Being highly focused. Sorry, let me get my cup. I need to go fill this up with water. Hang on. I'll be right back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and so this doing this exercise requires high focus, but very low strain. And a lot of times when people are thinking about being concentrated or focused in their lives, it's a very um, highly caffeinated, grit your teeth, uh, kind of like get through it. Right. And it's just, you can do it. You could work that way. I wrote portions of my book that way, but it's not sustainable. And I think if we look at like the kind of presence we want to bring into our life, it's this relaxed, but highly attuned um, quality of awareness. And so this exercise trains that very high attunement to the moment, very high degree of focus, but also simultaneously very relaxed. Right. And you just do that for like five, 10 minutes and you give it to your kid and it's, that and, will occupy their attention. Right. And not as a punishment, but as like, I like this, the daughter who just walked by here, she had, she deals with some anxiety stuff. And if she's going yeah. through one of those moments, like, Hey, here, take this, walk around with this cup. You're right. And it's like, focus, like stop focusing focus on this. Completely, there's, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to some techniques I've heard before, like grounding techniques, where mm -hmm. if you're feeling really anxious, uh, technique somebody taught me once is you close your eyes and you try to think of five things that you can hear, uh, you know, and, 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 and like in that complete silence and what that's at least how it works for me is that that takes my mind, whatever is spinning my mind at a million RPMs, I have to completely shut that off if I'm sitting in a quiet room because yeah, you might be able to think of like one thing you can hear like, you know, right now, like the air conditioning, but like there's going to be four other things that I'm going to have to focus very intently on and if i'm focusing on those things then whatever's going on up here is has to slow down and stop or i can't hear those things I, yeah. i've also heard about uh you know telling your kids like all right stand on one leg <laughs> you know like and then when they stand on one leg right you've got to like now Kick you them in the chest yeah <laughs> then, then you push them down <laughs> and say that's what yeah um but and, uh and it, Okay. It occupies what is called um, psychic energy in psychology and not, not, we're not talking psychic powers, but just like meant it's mental energy. So if you've studied flow states by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, um, that happens when the complexity of the task at hand is met with your capacity to meet that complexity. Right. Um, and so you hear you have like something that's a complex test, but not overwhelming, like you can do it. And it requires all of your effort and energy to be funneled toward that with that full immersion of attention. There's not space for the mind to ruminate. Now it, it will happen the more familiar you get with the task, um, which leads us 
into my next question. And we okay. talk about a lot about mindfulness and meditation and, and uh, on the show over the years. And I, I know people think when they hear meditation, they think, all right, I'm going to try this meditation thing. Oh. Right. They're going to sit down. Yeah. I'm going to shut my mind off. They sit down and half a second later, their mind wanders and they're like, oh, all right, I'm done. I can't I do suck it. at this. Right. So, but, and, and I love, uh, you know, Rick will particularly like this point because he really enjoys the weight room. And you've got a point about how, and I, I, I the, the, the way that I try to say it is when you lose that focus and recognize it and come back to whatever it is your focal point is, that is like, I, I call that like the, the below parallel squat. That is like, that's where the magic happens. You, you have a, a deal where you call it the bicep curl for your brain. Like, let's ex- expand on that. Talk about that. Sure. Well, let's just take a basic, very basic meditation practice, uh, focusing on the breath. Everyone thinks that that's what meditation is solely about. It's not. It's just one potential focus point. Right. Um, but it's a worthy one. So you're sitting down. You bring your attention to the felt sense of your body breathing. Um, and let's say for five minutes, you're just practicing bringing your, uh, your sustained attention there. Well, after probably seven seconds, the mind's going to start thinking about weird things and the Lion King and how tragic it was. <laughs> at the ah, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Corey. Way to go, Corey. Yeah. Get that off the DVR. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so in those moments, that's where people, people start thinking, I suck at the meditation and I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. That's the mind wandering. And, and so very simply what we're doing, we notice the mind wander, we bring it back to the breath, wanders off again, we bring it back to the breath, wanders off again, bring it back to the breath. So that, that wandering and coming back is in the same way, like the weight of the dumbbell pulls the arm down, we pull it back up, pull it down, pull it back up. You need the weight of the dumbbell hmm. in order to do the exercise. To create the resistance. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and so we could get into philosophical ideas of like what it would mean to live a life without any thoughts. But in reality, like when it's not going to happen, um, we need thoughts to even navigate this conversation and especially to parent to walk across the street. Um, and, and so we use thoughts as an opportunity just to understand how to work with them more skillfully, but also how to, how to develop focus. Right. Every thought that comes up and pulls your attention away is an opportunity. It's the weight of the dumbbell, the weight yeah. of the world pulling you away, and you get to pull it back. Mm. And the more times you pull it back, in the same way the bicep gets stronger, the brain gets well, stronger. and that's why they call it a practice, right? Because you sit yeah. down and you're gonna and you're gonna do this intentional practice, right? So then, Later on in the day, your kids are going crazy. Instead of you just like snapping at them, right? You have this this resistance built up and this muscle that you can notice that you're about to say something to your kids or whatever at work that you are going to regret, and you can like disconnect and kind of come back, right? That's so that it, you can't just do that. You can't just like go out and be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like you know, without doing anything. Like you've got to well, work. It sounds at like it, it helps give you more control over yourself. And really, like yourself, you you are all you can control, you know. Yeah, that that that, that makes sense. You know, I, yeah. I like we talk yeah. about the serenity prayer sometimes. You know, the uh, accepting things you can't change, the courage to change the things you can. Well, that's one of the things that you you can control, like your thoughts that way, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, it gives you more control over yourself. Yeah. So there's there's this quote. It's often attributed to Viktor Frankl, but love Viktor Frankl. Uh, Man oh, search yeah, for me meaning. Too. Rick, you yeah, need to read Man search for meaning. It's one of the greatest books of I all time. I just read it this morning. No, it you awesome. didn't. It's only really? a five hour <laughs> audio book. It'll take you two and a half hours to read it. 
It's great. So, so there's a quote that says, um, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And then in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Hmm. You, we could think of mindfulness practice and cultivating presence as learning to see that space and then inhabit that space. Because it's only in that space that you can lead your life with any sort of intentionality, purpose, and alignment with your values. The opposite is living on automatic pilot. And this is the experience most of us are familiar with living, whether we realize it or not. We're running the same patterns of thought, the same emotional reactivities, behavioral reactivities. And so this basic practice of just monitoring what is the mind doing, mm. and instead of letting it proliferate wherever it wants to go, just gently encouraging it back to a specific point, you're both developing the awareness of what leads to certain actions and, and feelings in each moment, and simultaneously the capacity to not get swept away by that. In many ways, it's a, it's a form of mental fitness, and you have a, a gym on every street corner, right. but... Um, seldom are we taught how to actually develop these capacities of mind. I love the uh, the Seinfeld bit about he's talking to the crowd, you know, and he's like, all right, women, I'm here to, I'm going to tell you the secret. I'm going to tell you what men are thinking. This this secret will change how you, how you uh, how your relationships work, how you, you react to men. You want to know what men are thinking? I'll tell you. Nothing. <laughs> we're just wa- we're just walking around looking around <laughs> like I, I, I say that all the time like when people are like hey what's up what are you doing i'm like ah, just walking around looking around um okay i can't hey, i've got a question okay, real quick because yeah. i know we're, we're, we're getting short on time have you uh a very very good friend of mine uh, started taking like a free online course about happiness from yale university oh are you familiar with this at all yeah, with the woman um, Santos, I forget. I think that's her name. Yeah, and yeah, I signed up to take it. I haven't started it yet, but I was wondering if you had, if you've heard of this. Do you they need your transcript to get into Yale? I mean, is this? A- uh, well, I just I called, and they were like, "Oh, well, please, please come." I was like, <laughs> Plano oh, okay, East. Just ca- calm down. All right, I'll get there when I get there. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's coming from more of the positive psychology literature, which is a whole other domain that I work in. Um, I, I'm an instructor of positive psychology at the. Uh, University of Pennsylvania. They have a master's program in positive psychology there. Um, and uh, at Yale, they they have a course, they're a very popular course, the Science of Happiness course. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about their online program. I know she is running uh, a podcast right now called Happiness Lab or Happiness Labs. That's supposedly very popular. That people is it like do- the dogs, like Labradors, like no. Happiness Labs? Just <laughs> no, <but> they... <laughs> They are right, dad. Uh, you get one of those and you're immediately happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the whole secret to life. Via Labrador. Yeah. Yeah, but but that course I could give my best guess what it would be about. And it's probably the the latest science uh, positive psychology, um, at, which is really the science of happiness. Uh, mindfulness is imbued in that, but there's also a lot of other wonderful literature. And so um, it's something I would definitely suggest checking out for sure i was supposed to come to state college in october for the ohio state penn state game but Mm. uh, we've already bought the tickets we've already got the airbnb don't know if it's going to happen so it's not be up in your neck of the woods i Uh, know that it's not gonna happen happen. (laughs) you shut your mouth okay we're out of time but there's a few little things we get to wrap up here um one thing i like to ask guests like what are like you mentioned victor frankel like what are like two or three books that you just are like, like I have a couple of books and I'm just like, you got to read this, stop what you're doing, read anti-fragile or read whatever it is. Like, what are your like two or three, like must reads that you read just kind of all the time? Yeah. 
Um, one of my favorites is a book, uh, Ishmael. Uh, I haven't read that in years, but I read that in 2012. Um, I, I'm not even going to go into too much what it's about. Do you, who, but, do you remember the author is? I'm writing it down yeah, for the I, show notes. I, I want it. I'm going to say it wrong. Um, I'm, I'm going to say Dan Quayle, but that's not right. He wrote The Talent. Card. Dan Quayle was the vice president of the United States. Oh, way to go, Mark. I think he's also an author. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not that Dan um, Quayle. Oh, wait. I have it. I have well, it I can here. probably look it up. I just Daniel didn't know. Quinn. Quinn. Daniel Quinn. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, Net.com, everybody. Big, yeah, big fan of that book. Um, and and I'm going to – I'll give you one out of left fields. Uh and people might be very confused by this one, but it's, it's called wild power. Um, and it's all about the menstrual cycle. So I, my my partner teaches, uh, she's a director of positive sexuality at Stanford. And, um, she, she's really opened my eyes to like being in relationship to the feminine and the menstrual cycle is just this thing as a society that we tend to condemn or look at something to manage both men and women. It's a cultural thing. Um, but the book is all about living in the, in, uh, attuned to the rhythm and the cycles of it. And it's mm. a, it's a metaphor for living in tune with the cycles of our life. Um, and I think that's something we need to get back to as, as human beings, like really attuning to our internal cycles. I think men also have cycles. We just don't have like a physical, like manifestation, manifestation of, it. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's different for sure. For sure. I mean, we always talk about on the show, we always talk about how we think that, you know, the moon cycle affects the ocean, which is a pretty large thing. Right. And somehow like, Oh, it doesn't affect me though. Like, no, these like natural cycles absolutely affect you. When I uh, turn into yeah. a werewolf is when we have the full Well, moon. and you think about all legends are like based on some sort of truth, right? And so it's like the whole werewolf thing came out of people are just weird on the full moon. Like kids, if you're a teacher, or, like I have kids, like it's just there's something about the full moon. People are just different. They're weird and yes. they grow fangs and eat, <laughs> eat your throat if you catch them in the woods. Um, okay, promote yourself. Tell everybody the website, the book, all that stuff. Tell everybody cool. where they can. Yeah. They can so if anyone it. wants free meditations or resources, um, you can just text your email address to 631-405-4631. Hold on. 631-405-4631. And so that'll just give you a bunch of free stuff. What do they text want, that number? Uh, yeah. So you text your email address email. as if you were saying like, hey, friend, put your email address in that box and then just put that number cool. as the number you're texting. Okay, cool. They'll send an automated email to your inbox. Give it, give it to me one more time. Six. Three one. Six three one. Okay. Four zero five. Four six three one. Got it. And if you're texting outside of the U.S., just add plus one in before that. If it's Australia, put good day, mate. Good day. <laughs> so um, that's a great place to get free stuff. If you want to follow more of my teachings, um, go to mindfulness.com forward slash Corey. Uh, Wait, hold on. You got mindfulness.com. I don't, but I'm I'm co-host of the app. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Together. Yeah. It's a great domain name. Yeah. Hey, Corey, I just got a I just got a text from you. Thanks for yes. listening. In a few yeah. minutes you'll see an email from me. <laughs> hey, you I did didn't it. see you right to type it out. That's crazy. <laughs> it's automated. Um and then the last place, uh, Instagram. I'm I'm right now I'm running a twenty one day meditation, uh twenty one days of live meditation. Cool. I'm not sure where we'll be at when this podcast comes out, but I will try and be doing those more regularly so people can find me at Corey Mascara, C-O-R-Y-M-U-S-C-A-R-A. Not not Cody, right? 
Shut up! I swore to God. I was very <laughs> clear on that. Okay, and you, what was, what's your is your book on Amazon? Talk about your book. Yeah, my book's called uh, "Stop Missing Your Life: How to Be Deeply Present in an Unpresent World." You can find that on Amazon in bookstores, um, and it's really uh, your. I wrote it to be one of the most practical and accessible books on mindfulness. My wife okay. is is hosing the window, and I thought. I don't know what I thought was happening, like what that noise was. So say the name of the book again, Stop What? It's called Stop Missing Your Life. Yeah, okay. Mark, Stop Missing Your Life. Jeez, like, did you see? I thought, I thought, like, I don't know what I window. thought. Is that, a, is that a euphemism? I don't know. <laughs> we... <laughs> no. no, it's not. Um, okay, <laughs> and then finally, the last question that we ask all of our guests, what is something that you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable, like a hobby or just something that you just look forward to. Like I went mountain biking today, which I love yeah. mountain biking. What are you, what is like your, your thing? Golf. Golf's been my thing since I was a kid. Wanted oh, to be wow. a professional golfer for a while. It's still my, um, my go-to place. Have you been golf. able to play golf during all of this? Not, not this, not it, golf courses are shut down in Palo Alto here. Um, but I did find a field the other day and I'm going to bring my <laughs> sticks out there in a bit. <laughs> okay. I've Palo watching. The golf channel is on in the weight room when I'm working out every Ooh. day. And I've been watching the go I've been watching the golf. <laughs> the I'm like, golf. You know what? That looks like that. Michael Jordan fun. played a lot. Yeah. I don't know how to I don't know how to play golf, but uh, <laughs> looks like uh, that would be fun. So Palo Alto, what is that? The biggest nearby city is San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay, I was making sure I have my geography <laughs> right before I start talking about. It. So I was there. Long story. I told this story to Rick. I was there, and my wife was like doing a work thing, and I rented one of those lime scooters. Okay. Yeah, I don't think those are here anymore. Well, back <laughs> in the but la a year ago, I took, I got one of no, I Ubered to uh, San Diego State. No. Good story. Right. San Francisco. Maybe it was a college around San Francisco. Long story short, I was on one of those lines, and I ended up like I was going to try to come all the way back to the hotel from this campus, and it was like eight miles and I ended up on like the access road of one of the interstates and I crashed and it was this horrible thing. Wow. That was an awesome story. <laughs> <laughs> that was all. That was my story. So I got, I love Palo Alto. Hey, I got a story too. Stanford. For you. The other day I saw a bird. <laughs> it was, it was, it was I saw a dog today. <laughs> Who cares about <laughs> your stupid dog? Awesome. All right, Corey, um, I really don't, I, I feel like we need to have you back on if you will. Yes, you I feel like we just kind of started scratching. The so screen. when this goes up, there will be an audio and a video version, obviously, on our YouTube channel. I'm going to also email you that the Calendly link. And let's, cool. I mean, I think we're like into August, September, so it'll be a while. But if you would uh, be willing to come back on, I think this is uh, you're you're exactly the kind of person that we want to hear from on the show. So uh, this has been awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you. All right. That went by really fast. All right, Corey, thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to remove Corey from the call, and then we will do the outro. So remove. Right. Oh, it's so sad. Okay. All right. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye, Have a good night. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. <laughs> All right. That was good. There's like remove and then are you sure? And then okay. So you're like, okay, goodbye. And you hit remove. And, the, and then okay. it's like three like other things that you're like I do like how we're doing it. How we how the, but that it's an awkward dismount. Like, yeah. all right, man, thanks for showing up. Now we're gonna get rid of you. Yeah.
Uh, would you please uh, remove yourself? Please leave. By the uh, way, something we knew, do need to tell people. Did you say nude? I did say nude on accident. Uh, something we do need to tell people. Okay. Uh, there subscribe. Be a subscribe <gasps> button on the YouTube. Right there. On the YouTube's. Wait, is it over there? I don't I think know. it's right there. It's either here. It's not so much here <laughs> or, or here. here. <laughs> right in this right region here. here. Please subscribe. Okay. We're not going to like inundate you with like 10 billion videos, but please subscribe. Uh, this way we can, you know, offset some of the, eventually we can offset some of the costs of producing this. Uh, and so, uh, and we promise not to, to, uh, take a lot of videos of Mark telling pointless stories that he forgets all the details. And I think I got halfway through that story and realized that it was in San Diego, not <laughs> so I felt like a big idiot. Yeah, that's which is, which is my life. <laughs> San Diego, St. San Diego. Diego. <laughs> um, I finished Spanish one and I'm on to Spanish two. Good. I'm learning past participles. Um, and, uh, Todavía no, not yet. What? Todavía no, like not okay. yet. I'm learning, uh, I learned que tal is another way you can say how's it going. Um, what you need to do is you need to start watching, and I'm dead serious. Soap operas? Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, novelas are good because they're so expressive in their faces that like, uh, if you're like watching, I've tried watching the news before and the news is difficult. Because they're just so dead straight and yeah. very stoic. Yeah. But if you're watching novelas, then they'll, they'll like, uh, you can't miss like what's happening. Like you might not pick up on all the words, but you're like, okay, something's crazy is going on right, right there. Right, right. But also like, uh, it's a, like, Im I, I don't want to say like immersion, like you have to move to Mexico, but like immerse, it, it, that's how you fix an accent. Right. right that's right. how you get the right accent is by listening and that's like i have a, a you know, bragging montage a pretty decent spanish accent it's because i hang out with like a ton of spanish speakers at work right and uh so i mean th that's that's one thing you can do also. so the pimp uh, watch shows like uh uh oh, what's the name of the show pudge rodriguez El Reina del Sur. uh la reina del sur is uh the queen of the south it's on netflix and you can put the the captioning on there so you can kind of screen so you can read and okay. at the same time okay so pimslur is the audio deal that i'm doing which is like every like spanish one was 30 30 minute like audio things that i'm repeating back and all that mm -hmm. then duolingo is the other thing that i'm yeah. doing and my nine-year-old has been watching me do it. She has it on her little device, and she's been doing it. And I'm like, ah, I wish I had started learning Spanish when I was nine. Yeah. You know, like when my brain is is not all gummed up with uh, malted hobs and bong resin. <laughs> <laughs> From what movie? Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. That was a Tommy Boy quote, everyone. Your brain has a, brain has a thick, thick candy shell. Surprised you didn't know that. Surprised you didn't know that. <laughs> Got that? Shut up, Richard. Uh, my brain does not have bong resin. And it, I don't even know what that is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've okay. never put you. a bong to my lips. Everyone believes you. On my honor. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. There was one other thing. Uh, okay. I asked you the two questions. I think I think that's it. I think we're good. This is. I'm trying to keep these under an hour. It. I got yeah. this new software. iMovie is out. Is down the toilet. So I bought this other thing, and it worked. So our YouTube channel is up, and then we've got, you know, the new. Uh, Audio stuff and everything else. Hey, we is got going. a Twitter, right? Yeah, at Simply Human Fifty Two. Okay. We should start like uh, doing some Tweeting. social media stuff. We. I don't know, why don't you holler at us? Not you, but like you, you listening. 
watching at, at simply human uh, 52 you have suggestions you have stuff you want to hear us. more about you have funny funny stories uh funny suggestions pictures. of videos you want us to do yeah uh, like it's your show i mean we just do it but we should play the game where you hold the phone up and do the thing no one knows what that is you hold it up you go like that all caught up on the michael jordan series <laughs> I'm addicted to it. I love it. I'm, uh, okay, I got to tell you this, and then we got to wrap up. Okay. I have wanted, when I was in, uh, let's see, 1984 was when the ones came out. So I was. No, 85. Was it 85? Yeah. The 84, 85 season? Mm-hmm. Well, 85 is when the ones came out. So then that means. Because he didn't like, immediately jump into the league, and they gave him ones. That, well, in the, in the thing last night, they said that they, Nike signed him. I didn't realize that Nike was such a nothing. They were, they were nothing. They were, they were a track, track company. company. Yeah. Which I knew that. I knew that's how they started, but I didn't realize that when they signed Jordan, like they were, they were taking like a the, huge they were like gamble. Third place by like a, or they were like fourth place Michael by like Jordan. a mile. That, and that's why when you when you watch that, that's why his like silhouette, the the dunking guy is Jumping. on everything. It's on football uniforms because he made Nike. He single handedly well, made a sep- Nike. They have a, Nike has a separate uh, brand Air Jordan. The Jordan brand, yeah, the Jordan brand, and so like, yeah. But if it wasn't for him, if they hadn't signed him, and he hadn't been became what he was, Nike would be not. Think of nothing. the foresight of the. Uh, it goes both ways. Think of the foresight of the Nike executives to be like, hey, this guy is going to be, and, and they didn't think he was going to be the greatest player in the history of basketball. No right, one knew right. that, but their goal was to sell like three million shoes, and they well they sell like, like one hundred and eighty million or something million the first year. But like the foresight of them to be like, hey, you know what? We're like number four uh, shoe company by like a mile. We're gonna hitch our wagon to this guy, and uh, it's 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 gonna be good. Like, it could have been no Ron Artest or somebody up. that like turned into like you know this crazy person. I will say this very quickly. I had started to swing over to the LeBron James is the greatest of all time camp. Wait, oh, stop. Wrong. Just wait. I had okay. started to swing. Okay. After watching all this and and remembering that yep. Michael LeBron James does not transcend basketball, he did not. He was not a cultural icon like okay, Jordan well, was. You have to think of like of culture and society is a lot different now than it was right. twenty five years ago. Um, but what's what's telling for me watching the show is you forget about like if you piss Jordan off, he was going to shove. 55 points straight up for Duke shoot and, and I love like no problem he and Arnold and he Schwarzenegger invent, are very similar these like these perceived slights like they talked about in, in episode five last night about when they played uh Croatia and oh Tony the Kukoc Tony Kukoc Croatia they had never met Tony Kukoc <laughs> by all accounts he's a super nice guy he was going to be like he a, never really, said really anything bad player. about anybody he never did anything yeah. to anybody yeah. but him and Pippen were like man all Jerry Krause talks about is two coach. We're gonna go beat his, <laughs> and they like just like ripped him a new one, and like completely demoralized him. It's just these like, it's what makes what what makes Michael Jordan a huge piece of crap, like a bad, like a not, like a not a very good person, is also what made him like yep. the greatest athlete in the history of professional sports. Yep. You can say Muhammad Ali all day, but I I don't think there's ever been yep. someone with this singular focus, and that's good and bad. But the singular focus, it just, I have this laser beam focus on being the greatest that ever lived. And you think about when, when, when they had their, uh, they won the title in 90, 91, one. they won in 92. They were one of three teams that had ever won back-to-back NBA titles, the Pistons, the Lakers, and the Celtics. 
and then no one, uh, no one since the Celtics had ever three-peated, and he did it twice in the modern era of like you know kind of more competitive. Yeah, guys. but pretty yeah, crazy. It's kind of what makes him a huge, a, a bad, t- a terrible teammate is because he was a huge jerk and, and treated everybody like garbage. But that's because no one else on planet Earth possesses this like singular laser yeah. beam focus on one specific goal. It's crazy. Um, hold on. There was something I was saying about that. LeBron. Maybe no, it was before that. I was gonna. I don't even mean. I didn't even mean to bring up the. Oh, so when I was in third grade, I think is when the oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. threes came out, or maybe it was second grade. Whatever the, however it turns out, I wanted the threes. Yeah. And I, you know, I couldn't. We they were like a hundred bucks. One hundred twenty bucks. There's no way I could have ever yeah. gotten the threes, especially with two older brothers. No way. And like, I'll, you go on eBay. They're like, you can buy them new. They're like three hundred and eighty dollars on eBay. And I'm just like. I want some threes. Are those the ones with the silver tongue? Well, they're different versions. They they were the ones with like the plastic thing that came oh, up yeah, on, yeah, the yeah. Side. on the outside, like the yeah. little arch looking yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. But like that one game where he like he wore the ones in Madison Square Garden, like and like blue is like a rip his feet. His apart. feet were all bloody. You think you could be like, hey Nike, I want you to make a modern pair of shoes that looks looks like the, like ones, the ones, so I can right. wear them at Madison. He's not actually wearing like chucks. Yeah. yeah. I don't know which ones they were. I think they were the fours, the ones that had like the silver tongue and like the plastic, like the kind of clear plastic thing on the outside. Yeah. Those are the first ones that I wanted. And yeah. they're like $110 yeah, there's $115. No way. I was in fifth grade. No way. And I was going to mow lawns and do everything to get the money. And I ended up having like 80 bucks. And I was tired of working, so I just got Bo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a good and remember. I already wrote it down. So. That's the good pre-recorded. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember, she had this disorder that oh, she could just oh, sleep for oh, days. Go, Sorry. Yeah, good job, Mark. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy.